I can appreciate both for sure. I find that I, there are times in my life where there were kind of mile markers where I was more like Paul, Mm -hmm. but I can also recognize seasons of more like Peter. Right. I don't know if you can. I totally agree. I I think Peter's example, at least in this, in this example is more in line with the average, you know, believer faith walker of kind of experience. Right. It's like, I like, get up here, you know, steep learning curve, but like really, really growing, really learning. You can sort of see it all happening and feel it even. And then there's these seasons where we don't feel it. We don't feel the closeness. We don't feel that excitement of, of learning of the newness and the, whatever it is that, that we're kind of climbing on flattens out to us in our perspective. Right. Um, And so it's like, well, what's going on? But God's not any less God and, He's continuing the work, right? And mm-hmm. so we see it like, like a, you know, graph where we're going up and down, you know. Yeah. But if he's the one who's initiating and carrying it to completion, it's, it's it may be the teeniest bit of gradual up, but it's always going to be always up, moving up, right? Yeah. I think that's encouraging. And so there's for for us going to be these big like fall on our face moments, but but in the grand scheme of things, right? God isn't like, oh no. You made the wrong decision. It's all for naught now, right? It's over. Like, no, like that's not the reality. When you think about the profound influence of the Bible on the world, the way that it has shaped our culture, whether you're a follower of Christ or not, it's probably a good idea that you know at least what it says. It's going to be about us taking and reading the Bible. Well, welcome back to the Take and Read Podcast. Pastor Chad here. And I'm super excited because I haven't had a new, new guest for quite some time. But today, I get to have Pete Linskug on the podcast. Welcome, Pete. Thanks, man. So a little bit about Pete. Uh, Pete is somebody that I get to be in fellowship with at East Haven Baptist Church. Uh, He volunteers a lot with uh, student ministry, and so he engages with students, and that's kind of a little bit of your background. You served for a while at the church in that capacity, and so uh, we're a shepherd uh, to students, and you continue to have that shepherd's heart. But your heart is also uh, filled by another love, not only the love for Christ and your family and your wife, but you love to fly. That is true. You're a pilot. Yeah. Yeah. If you are uh, tuning into the podcast and you are watching, what you're going to see in Pete Linskoog is you're going to see one of the fullest Tom Selleck-like mustaches, but blonde. Mm-hmm. Blonde Selleck. Blonde mustaches are hard to pull off. Thanks, man. I'm trying. <laughs> you're, you're I don't know if I'm pulling it, it off, You're but doing it. It's there. Anyway, uh, Pete, so glad to have you uh, on the podcast. And one of the things that I do with new guests is explore and understand their experience with the Bible. Yep. This podcast is about taking and reading the Word of God. And so I want to hear as best you can kind of a quick synopsis of your interaction with the Bible through your life and yeah. what that was like. Cool. So um, I am sort of the typical um, church kid, uh, grew up with a uh, Christian parents, uh, went to this pretty much the same church my entire life. And, um, like we, we had the white picket fence and the Labradors and three boys and people are always like, Oh, the Lynn Scoogs, they're just such wonderful people. And their boys are so great and blah, blah, blah. And I was a middle child. Right. So I was the peacekeeper guy. I kind of chameleon into whatever I need to be right to make life work and it made comfortable for me. Um, so I was really good at, at following the rules and, and doing the right stuff at church and memorizing all the, it wasn't a wanna, it was something else. Um, I can't remember now, but something like that, doing all those good things and, and knowing all the right answers, mm-hmm. but it was, it, it was surface level for me all throughout my, my childhood growing up, um, saved at a young age, realized that God is real. He is there. That was never really in doubt. It was just, is this really, am I 
bought into this or am I not? So you had an experience where you had no questions whether or not God existed. Or whether the Bible was true and what it said was was right. You just were, I think, like a lot of kids wondering, do I want do I want to do this? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And, and and if it's only if 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 my experience of my of a relationship with God is only what I've been doing then I don't know if I want it. Like it's not, it isn't meaty enough. There's not enough to it. Cause there's just activity. Yeah. It was, it was churchy, right? Kind of, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, either way, I knew there was more. I wasn't at a place where I wanted to really dig in and find out what that actually meant. Like all throughout mm-hmm. high school, I was distracted. I was rebelling. I was doing all these other things. And um, my brother had gone to a Bible college here in Montana and he was he saw me floundering and he was just being a good big brother and he kept sliding a application in front of me fill it out fill it out just fill it out I'm like no leave me alone so i finally <laughs> i finally got to get him off my back for for the most part i was a senior in high school had no real plans for what i was going to do next i'm like fine i'll do it right. so i fill it out and one of the questions is you know describe your relationship with god you know so i'm like uh-huh i got this right so i start <laughs> Church answer. I know everything to say. Yeah. Like I know all the right answers to get in to get the job. Right, right. and uh, I got like three lines out of four, and I just stopped. And I was like, "This is this is not true of me. Hmm. This is really not true. I don't I don't have a relationship with God to speak of." So I crossed it all out in pen. Right, it, it was like ugh, this big mess. And with what I had left, I wrote, "Honestly, I don't know what that means. I've been a Christian my whole life." And, and I'm partway there, but maybe this is the step that needs to happen. If you'll take me into the school, I realize at this moment that this is the next step that I need to, to take to find out whether or not this really is more and real. So uh, I, I got accepted into the school and spent that whole year actually digging into the Word for really the first time in my life. Mm. And, and it, it, that was the thing. That was what was missing, taking His Word seriously and really studying it and drawing truth just from there. Mm-hmm. That it became a life source as well as an actual, like this is an authority. If I if right. I read it and it says to live this way, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to live that way. Yep, exactly. Oh, man, it's something about the, the way that God has wired the universe and the human heart and the way that his word interacts with it, that when we actually set out to live by his word, in our best attempt, right? Yep. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, we're going to stumble, we're mm-hmm. going to fail. Totally. But when we do, when we walk in obedience, there is no sweeter joy. And there's no greater confidence because you, when you have to make a decision that is contrary to the way that the world would make a decision. Yep. But you go, this is going to be, this could bring ridicule. I This is going to cut against the grain of mm-hmm. the culture I'm in. But I know this is what God's word says, so I'm I'm gonna do it and we're gonna see how it plays out. Yep. And you stick to it, there's a confidence. Right. Regardless of whatever ridicule comes along. Right. You're like, I did the right thing. Yep. And then there's this joy that wells up in you. Like, okay, I I'm content. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Oh, that peace that the yeah. Bible talks about. That it it's there. It's real. It's the only place to find it. Oh, that's is awesome. in the truth that the Lord has for us. So, so did people in your life recognize this change? Were they like, whoa, you're a different Pete? I was, like I said, I was a really good chameleon. So I don't think mm. people saw like, wow, he's been transformed. You know what right. I mean? I think they probably saw a shift in in my, like, um, I, I was all of a sudden really actually anchored and grounded. I didn't yeah. feel like I was just floating around there anymore, right. which is what I felt like um, up to that point all the way, you know, I was 18 years old uh, when that happened. And I finally just felt like, oh, I don't have to pretend to be anything else. Like mm. I can just be myself. Not that that means I can just do whatever I want, but I can be who I don't have to work so hard. What this person wants me to be. And this person wants me to be and what the expectations are. It's like, what does God say about me? And, and how do how do I live like he wants me to be, you know? And that it just simplified everything, right? Yeah, because so much and hard, work. But 
yeah. to oh. try to assess what that person, what you think that person needs you to be, and right. then to manufacture that. Right. It's, it's exhausting. Oh, man, I can't. Yeah. yeah. And okay. I still have those tendencies. I mean, it's my personality. I'm wired that way. Yeah. But, uh, but now I know where I, the anchor is, right? It's right here. Yeah. So, I, so that, that's so helpful. Do you ever find yourself like you become aware or conscious that you are doing that? You're you're kind of functioning as a chameleon and yep. you just go, This is dumb. Yeah. I'm gonna stop it. Exactly. Stop it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I just pray I, I do. I ask the Holy Spirit to show that to me because I, I sometimes can't even see it. Right. It's hmm. just like Praise the Lord. But yeah. Well, I mean, it, it goes back to the fact that we as as followers of Christ have not arrived. There's a sense in which we are completely justified, yep. we're forgiven, but there's there's still this sense in which we are recovering from brokenness. Our whole our, life. Our personality, our the way that we see the world, there's just all of our senses, everything's kind of, we come into this world kind of broken, and we're in recovery yep. the rest of our lives. Yep. When we meet it's, Christ, yep. we're in recovery, and he's... He, there's slowly this kind of fixing and changing and right. restoration. And the, and the more that you read his word, submit to it, that transformation happens. Mm-hmm. We call that in theological terms, sanctification, that the big, spirit of God, word. God's spirit dwells in us. And we now are at every decision point. We have the spirit of God giving us indication. This is what you ought to do. And then you have your own broken, fallen spirit, your flesh going, but I want to do this. Right. And you can either give in to the, the flesh or to the spirit. And and depending on which way you go, you're going to see in increased joy from that obedience, or you're going to see discouragement, doubt, questions. And you're going, I don't know. Am I really Christian? Mm-hmm. What am I doing here? Or do I really think this matters? Does God have any kind of input into my life? And it just robs you of joy yep. at the end of the day. So, man, thanks for sharing. Yeah. So curious now, uh, in your walk, you're a husband and you have how many kiddos? Four. Four kids. Yep. Age ranges? So right now they're spaced evenly two years and it's easy. So it's a boy who's 14, Rhett, and then we got b- girls, Briley, Ella, Maggie, that are 12, 10, 8. Okay, so you've got a pretty good range. Yeah. There's a lot of activity oh, yeah. going on in your world. Oh, yeah. So how do you engage with the Bible now? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of like an old soul um, by nature. I like to just drag my feet on like technological advances that come along, <laughs> right? I'm just like, so I was holding on to paper Bible just as a, you know, kind of a whatever, just drawing a line in the sand. Like, Amen. I'm a paper Bible guy that, too. And I'm going to do what's right. Uh, or know, even whatever. today you're like, Hey, is it cool? I brought a paper Bible. <laughs> that, was, that was like poetry. <laughs> I love it. Well, this is going a different direction. So I found that once I was like, okay, my, I got some people on you version. I want to do something, you know, you uh, uh, version app on the people know what that is. Anyway, maybe, it's, maybe not. It's, it's an app on, okay. on, on, on the smartphones. And, uh, it's, and it it's has, a Bible app okay. and it has um, studies that are thousands of them on, on every different topic and book of the Bible that you could imagine. And you can sign up You say, I want to read this. Boom. And right now I'm doing one on Jeremiah. I want to read this with friends or by myself, with friends. And I have all, it's like a little Bible social media. You find your friends that are out there that also have you version and you go, boop, 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 boop. I want to invite all these friends, okay, all these guys basically um, in my life who, it, my brothers, my dad, my father-in-law, my brother-in-laws, brothers-in-law, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a couple close friends and I say, I, I want to read with all these people. And I just go, boop, 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 and invite them. And they can say, yeah, I want to read that along with you. And it just creates a community and an accountability that I need. Yeah. So I've been reading mostly through that because even though my nostalgic side wants to touch the pages and I feel like I, I retain a little better when I, it's paper and I can you know underline things. You can underline things in the app too. But hmm. anyway, um, I'm, I am more consistent. I've noticed that I am more consistent daily Bible reading if I have that. So that's a great uh, – Accountability. It's awesome. That's awesome. So you version, 
uh, app, and you yep. can probably get it in any app store, yep. whatever yep. smart device yeah, you it's, have. It's a huge. I mean, there's I don't know how many millions. It's of fantastic. Downloads. Yeah. So go check it out. They are not a sponsor of this channel, but you should go do it. It sounds yep. like it's a way that will help you take and read the Word yep. of God. You so, version. Y O U version. And Y O U version. Yeah. Okay. Great. So you uh, back to kind of your routine. So you're a paper Bible guy, and you're an old soul. So do you? Right. Is it a daily? So you've got this yeah. reading plan, mm-hmm. and so every day you're in this plan. And is there a place, a time of day, a locate? You know, a, a special beverage that you have? What, what's going on there? Um, I tried to do that um, for a time. Um, I. <laughs> People talk about like you got to do it early, you got to do it in a spot, you got to do it whatever, and and I tried that, <laughs> and you don't I tried have that. to. Yeah. No, I know, I know, and that's it's funny right. how these expectations get built into the, the right. framework, right? So, I, I tried to fit that mold for a while, and and I it didn't work for me. I mean, I it just uh, it isn't my natural bent to be like, oh, I've got my you know, yeah, I like to do things a little on the fly. I'm not like a routine guy, really. Um, so I, um, for my work, I work for an air ambulance uh, company, and we're on call. So I I show up on on day shifts. I get there, I do my pre flight and make my you know weather briefing and do my phone calls and and everything, and then I just. I have time because the phone hasn't rang yet. I because haven't got a call. you have to get ready. And once you're ready, you're ready. Yep. And now you only go if you're needed. Right. So you're sitting there. Yep. Okay. Yep. So I pull out pull out the phone and I grab my version, you know, study that I'm working on and I just start going. So with this version app, is there a indication like once you've done your reading for the mm-hmm. day, you click yeah. the checkbox yep. and it notifies everybody in your circle yep. that you've it invited. It shows your little checkbox by your by your name in the study. And so do you, you have like some, you know, a guy on your your in your group that you know is He's two or three days behind, and you go, "Hey, bro, what's going on?" Like, is there <laughs> it's just funny. a healthy? It's sort, of, it's sort of this. Yeah, it is actually. Like, I've I've been that guy. Like, I I'm like, dude, I'm like a week behind. Okay, and I can see it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, let's crush it out. And I just start, and it just it's motivating. Like, yeah. it, and I'll just get caught up. That's you know? awesome. It's great. So That's I'll digest awesome. a lot of scripture in a short period of time. I think it's probably better to do it. <laughs> daily and I've, <laughs> yeah. I've, i haven't let myself fall behind as much uh in recent uh, studies that i've done so but yeah it's for me for my type of personality it's um it's it's such a good way to be consistent man that's cool yeah well thank you for sharing that yeah uh one last question related to your uh routine this started early in the podcast uh you know history the question around drinking coffee mm-hmm and related to brushing teeth. Oh, okay. So uh, I had kind of started out and indicated that I'm a I'm a wake up, make a cup of coffee mm-hmm. in the Word. Like yep. That's my routine mm-hmm. every day. And I had a guest on, Granger Smith, who came on, and he indicated that he wakes up first thing in the morning, brushes his teeth, mm. then goes, makes his coffee, sits down with the Word. And so okay. – and I just – I thought that was the craziest thing I've ever heard of. I was like, why would you – Make your mouth all minty fresh, <laughs> and then, then throw coffee. <laughs> coffee in it, and then your your fre- your breath is bad. Maybe he likes he, minty coffee. I don't know. And so I think he brushes, drinks, and then brushes. Okay. I just roll right into a cup of coffee, then I brush my teeth. Where would you fall in yeah. this line? No, I on days like uh, today, if I was at home, we'd have we have a big old huge French press called the Party Press. It's this big, and uh, we. My wife and I, if we're both home together, we we just drink coffee until it's gone. Until it's gone. And then you brush your teeth. And and usually if I brush my teeth before noon on a day like that, that's that's a sign that's of a, a win. I'm rolling. Yeah. <laughs> you're a healthy, so. <laughs> well adjusted adult at that's that right, point. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. Okay, so you're a drink I'm a, coffee, I'm a then post, brush. Post coffee brusher. Okay. Yeah. Well, you and I are in the minority, my friend. Well, hey. more, more people than not brush first. And I've also found that it, some people don't drink coffee right away. Mm. They wake up and they do other stuff and they get to coffee how, how later. How do they function? I I'm wonder. not sure. Yeah. So maybe that's an indication <laughs> that we need to find yeah. a new way or yeah. something. I don't know. Maybe they need to find our way. So, yeah, that's yeah. good. And I have tried the brush, coffee brush, and mm. it, there's, there, it, it changes messes, the whole vibe. It does. It messes the flavor up. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I'm with uh, you. 
we have come to take and read, and so true to form, you don't know where we're going to be reading. No. Uh, because I want it to be fresh. I want us to just jump into the text and read it for what we see, and no uh, additional study has been done, but we are in the Gospel of Mark. Mark. And we're in chapter 14. Okay. We Up to this point, we have, I mean, we've traversed now 70 episodes uh, and we're still only in the Gospel of Mark. That's awesome. And we're still in 14, so we're taking our sweet time. I love that. And just to catch you up, some things that we have come to understand as we've read, we know this to be the earliest account of Jesus' life and ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believe and understand that this is from John Mark, who was uh, a scribe or copying down the teachings and, and the, the preaching of Peter. Mm-hmm. So we understand this to be a, an eyewitness account of Peter recorded by Mark. And it's it's shorter. It's more action-oriented. Yep. I love it. The word immediately, and then they immediately, and then he immediately. I mean, mm-hmm. that word shows up so often yep. in this gospel more than any other book. Mm-hmm. And some things we also understand about uh, the nature of Jesus's ministry to preach the gospel. And in chapter one, verse 14, he describes the content of that gospel. It says that he uh, went about preaching the gospel, uh, telling them that the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe. Mm-hmm. And so there's this idea of the kingdom of God is somehow helps us understand the content of this good news. Right. And that our response to that good news is to believe or have faith and repent, Mm -hmm. to understand our sin, turn from it, and trust Christ by faith, that he's the king of the kingdom. And so throughout the gospel, Mark, that has been demonstrated. One of the things that this gospel shows us is Jesus is He's teaching as one who has authority, and people recognize that. He is casting out demons, and he is healing diseases. He is uh, calming weather systems and Mm -hmm. storms. He's multiplying food in miraculous ways. So in every sphere that there could be authority, he is demonstrating it. Right. He then, after, upon Peter's confession that he is the Christ, when Jesus is like, hey, who do people say I am? He's like, you're the Christ. Mm -hmm. He then kind of turns his face towards Jerusalem and starts heading south knowing that Jerusalem will be the place where things are going to play out. Yep. Why he, The reason he came is, is going to be accomplished. Yep. So the work that the Father has given him. And so he's now arrived in Jerusalem. Uh, he spent some time in the temple teaching and being tested by the authorities and mm-hmm. showing that they have failed the test, and he passes with flying colors. And he's predicted some things about the temple being destroyed. He's predicted that, you know, that... that He's going to return, and he's kind of said, no one knows the time or the season, not even I. However, these things will happen when that time is about to happen. It's mm-hmm. the, the birthing pains, yep, right? right? And so he's explained all those things. We now have found him. You know, he's in the, the this upper room that he has secured, and even that, the way that they got that was kind of miraculous. He, his disciples are like, where should we celebrate Passover? He's like, you're going to go in. You're going to find yeah. a donkey. You're going <laughs> to yep. ask a guy. You're going to tell him. You're going to go up there, and it's going to be – and they're like, uh, okay, and uh, okay. they did it, and it was just as he had said. Right. So there's just some really cool things there. Right. So they've been in the upper room. At this time, Judas has already kind of gone in cahoots with the, yep. the religious authorities, right. uh, the Jewish religious authorities at the time, that he is going to betray Jesus. Mm-hmm. He, they're celebrating Passover. They're in the room, and he is as they're take they're eating. He is indicated one of you is about to betray me, mm-hmm. and all of them. It says all the disciples are like, "Is it I? Mm-hmm. Is it me? Right. Is it me?" And it's just fascinating that, that they're all wondering. Yeah, they can't even trust their own hearts. Like, sometimes, is it right? me? Yeah, and so uh, he he's confirmed that, and so that's where we now find ourselves mm-hmm. uh, in this moment. And and so we're going to jump into verse 26. We're reading a short passage, 26 through 31. Okay. And so he's just instituted the Lord's Supper. He's kind of – they're at Passover. They're celebrating all this stuff in the upper room. And he's he's indicated that you're going to continue to do this in remembrance of me. You're going to take this bread. This is my body, this cup, this is my blood, mm-hmm. and this is the sign of the new covenant. Yep. And he's explained all this. And, um, and starting in verse 26 – uh, through 31, we'll, we'll see kind of how things transition then. Okay. Perfect. 
Alrighty, so we are reading out of the ESV, at least I am. I don't know what translation you're in. This is a CSB. Okay, CSB, the so, Christian Standard Bible. Right. A very good version of the Bible. I think their tagline is the most optimal. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, that. It, it, what's, what's it's a fun nice cross section between when, literal and readable, right? right? So, And so it's fun because there may be some nuanced differences. So yeah. if you identify a word that's different when I'm reading uh, yeah. my yeah. translation we'll, out loud, we'll get that. then you can kind of go, hey, mine says this. Sure. And I think that's Perfect. cool. Yeah, I do too. Uh, also, just so everyone tuning in knows, uh, Pete and I spent some time in prayer beforehand. I, I would encourage everybody that when you're getting ready to read the scriptures, seek the Lord, mm-hmm. ask for his guidance, right. because this is a supernatural book. Yep. And we, when we ask and invite his spirit to give us sight to see it, uh, it happens. Yep. And I right. can tell a big difference when I just jump in and start reading and messing around and, versus when I have asked the Lord to show me things. Yep. It's a pause to, to recognize what's yep. really going on and invite that. So, yeah. And so we did that right beforehand. So we're going to jump right in. We're starting in verse 26 of chapter 14. And when they, the disciples and Jesus, had sung a hymn, They went out to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. (laughs) And Jesus said to him, Truly, I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So we got just a little snippet and there is a ton here. So first of all, we want to understand what is being said. Do we understand the location? Who's present? Has there been any movement? Have they gone from one place to another? Yeah. Kind of what's the, the, the scene as yep. you see it? Yep. So, um, Painting the picture, uh, for some reason, when I when I read the scriptures or when I grew up reading the scriptures, I they were like in a far off place in my mind when I would read them. Mm-hmm. And at Bible school, I was taught to do what you just said. Think about where they are. Read it like it isn't like any other book, but read it like you read a novel. Mm-hmm. Like you create characters in your mind. You see, you know, where they're at and what's going on and everything, right? Yeah. And for some reason, and I don't know if other people can relate to this who, who have been around the scriptures for a long time, but uh, I I tend to default back to it. It's just words on a page, right? Right. And so what you're talking about is, is super critical. Slow down, think about it, have fun mm-hmm. with it. Let your imagination kind of go, right? Like, that's that's good. Um, so uh, they've transitioned. It says they have yeah. sung a hymn. So right. they're in that they're room. Kind of, they're celebrating yes, Passover. Now they're he's, moving on. He's just redefined Passover and the elements, mm-hmm. and they're singing a hymn. So they're just they're worshiping. Yep, that's right. They're singing, uh, you know, praises to God. And then they transition, and it says they went out to the Mount of Olives. So right. there's this. Yes, time has passed since mm-hmm. what. They had just done right. in the upper room, and now they're in a totally different location. And it would take a minute to get over yeah. there, too. Yeah. So they're now at the Mount of Olives, and Jesus kind of starts out the conversation. Mm-hmm. You will all betray me. It's getting real. Yeah. Yeah. Or he, he doesn't is, say betray, but he says you will all fall, fall away. Away. Right. And so I, I misspoke. I don't think fall away and betrayal is necessarily the same thing. Yeah. There could be elements in which there there's similarities, right, but right. he says you will all fall away. Right. Well, because he pointed out betrayal is different, right? And mm-hmm. in the where you guys were last. Yep. But one will betray. Yep. One will betray. Right. But then but he you says, all will fall. And they all wondered, is it me? Am yep. I gonna betray him? Right. So they're all have already wrestled with Am I capable of betrayal mm-hmm. of Jesus? Right. And so then they've they've transitioned to the Mount of Olives, and so they've all been wrestling with that already. Right. And now he says, you will all fall away. Holy moly. Wow. And that's yeah. their greatest fear. Yeah. Probably. Like, we want to show fidelity to you. Mm-hmm. We want to be faithful to you. Yep. He's like, you will all fall away. Mm-hmm. And he indicates that, that it, because it is written, there's, there's this kind of prophetic understanding. Right. Where he is identifying, and in my footnote, so a lot of times the Bible will have like a little teeny footnote, and yep. it'll tell you yep. if Jesus is quoting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if yours gives a footnote. Yep. I, I got. Gotta, I think I have one here. It says, 
uh, m so 27 m tells me it's cited from Zechariah, Zechariah 13, 13 7 okay yep. so he's he's quoting from the the prophet Zechariah mm-hmm. who is indicating that I will strike the shepherd. So they're now in the Mount of Olives. He he starts out with this, and he quotes from one of the prophets, yep. which states that God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Right. Which is interesting. That is interesting. That it is God who is doing the striking, forcing or causing the sheep to be shat- scattered, not shattered. Yeah, scattered. No, that is – that's a super interesting point that this whole thing – Jesus' whole life on the earth and ministry was initiated by God, the Trinity, but the Father making this happen. And he lived his whole time in obedience to the will mm-hmm. of the Father and the ultimate will of God as the whole, as the Trinity and the Father is to do this, yeah. to, to strike almost himself, right? Yeah. To strike one of the Trinity. God. Knowing that it will <laughs> scatter the sheep, yeah, and that that's a that's according to his will, yeah, which seems, I mean, human perspective, right? It's, and it just shows that throughout the the Gospel of Mark, there are times where Jesus says he performs a miracle and says, "Now go and tell no one," or right. he he his identity is revealed, right. "Go and tell no one," right. and we understand that there's a. So, some of what that means is that there's a timing to it. There's a perfect timing to the way that God is initiating this salvation effort, right? And the coming of the kingdom. Uh, do you have uh, the thirteen pass? I don't I was know that we need there. to. No, it's fine. I, yeah, but we're good. That this indicates that this is according to God's plan. Yep. This will happen the way He wants it to happen, and right. one of the things He wants to have happen is He'll strike the shepherd, and the sheep will will scatter. Yeah. And. And so we understand that that's what he's saying. We understand that, you know, from our perspective, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, they have been wrestling with whether or not they're capable of betraying him. Maybe they've concluded they, you know, we don't know what's gone on in, the, in their hearts emotionally mm-hmm. at this point, but it's certainly something that he provoked earlier at, right. at the Passover dinner. Right. And now they're like, no way, no way. And he goes on to say, but after I'm raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. We're going so, back back to the beginning, right? Yep. Back to where they were all called. Yep. Yeah. So then you, so you have what Jesus says, which he knows is going to initiate responses. And then you have the responses. Mm-hmm. So we, we understand what's being said here that God has indicated many years prior to in Zechariah that this is going to happen. Jesus is letting them know this is going to happen, and Mm -hmm. you're going to be scattered. You will all fall away. It's Mm -hmm. you, not just kind of metaphorical, but you people here, my disciples, will scatter because God strikes the sheep. It's not— Strikes the shepherd. The shepherd, yeah. And it's not—so the interesting thing to note then is that any of the persecution that comes on Christ— Although it may be from Romans, mm-hmm. although it may be under the influence of the the religious leaders of the Jews, yep. God is the one striking the shepherd. It's actually His will. The, those entities are instruments of God that they're only doing what they're doing because He has decided it so. Right, which is so backwards to human thinking. <sighs> that's, right, that's tough. So backwards. Yeah, and that's why they struggled so bad. They like, hey. We're putting God into a human framework and understanding, and it was just yeah. constantly like, no, you guys don't get it. You yeah. don't get it. You think you get it, but yeah. you don't. There's a deeper level. And so then you have Peter's response. Uh, kind of, how, how do you see that? How do you uh, interact with that? Your name's Pete. Yeah. Um, I, so. I, I can relate with the Bible character of Peter because I tend to speak without thinking. Yeah. I'm kind of less than I used to be, but kind of boisterous and, you know, just that guy, you know, and um, that would be me. Like if there's an awkward silence, I'm going to say something because I can't stand the awkward silence, like literally can't. So I'm probably going to make some emphatic statement, you know, or whatever to fill the dead air. Um, And I'm not saying that is what Peter's doing here, uh, but he certainly was the one who 
was very quick to speak and sometimes got it dead on, but most of the time got it dead wrong. <laughs> like right? he separates like, so. himself, which I think is so just human nature. Yeah. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, <laughs> right. I will not. <laughs> I you can kind of see the pride in this guy, yeah, right? Like, like he's kind of throwing them all under the bus. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, they're they're pansies. I'm <laughs> <laughs> the guy. They they will. You're yeah, right. You're will. right, Lord. Yep. They're I got you. I got you. You said I'm the rock on which you will build your church. Yeah. Well, no, it's yeah. a statement. Anyway. Yeah. yeah right. And so, so. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I got your back. They're gonna they yeah. will. Yeah. I won't. Right. And he's like, actually, Peter, yeah. now that you, you say have that. A special, <laughs> a special denial. You will first. Yeah. Before them. And so yeah, he he predicts it. He says, Truly, I tell you this very night, tonight. Yeah. yeah. The night that you make this statement, you will deny me. You're going to hear a rooster crow twice, and three times you will deny knowing me. Yeah. Even knowing me. Yeah. Even being associated with me. It's like, no. Yeah. Not once, not twice, but three times Mm -hmm. you will do it. Right. Which is significant in Scripture. Anything that happens in threes is like... It's a big deal. Legit. Yeah, the right? tri- yeah. yeah, the triad or the, the triplicate is a big deal. Yeah. And then he says emphatically, he's like, still unrelenting. If I must <laughs> die with you, I will not deny you. <laughs> he's arguing with Jesus he's, No here. way. Yeah. You're, he's like, Jesus, you've got this one wrong. Yeah. And the rest of them are like, yeah, us too. Yeah. Us too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so interesting. And one of the things that I've always, or that's helped me, understand my walk and other people's walk with the Lord and wrestling with seasons of faithfulness to the Lord and seasons of kind of uh, not walking away or maybe lukewarmness or just kind of not on fire. Yeah, they're kind of blah. Is there, and even coming to know the Lord, there's a, a really interesting kind of example that we have in Paul and we have an example in Peter. Mm-hmm. So you see in Paul's testimony, which you can read multiple times throughout the book of Acts, you see how he is dead set against Christ, but for God. Right. As a zealous Jew mm-hmm. and a, a, a Pharisee, a leader, a Pharisee among Pharisees, advancing beyond all of his peers. Like right. he is. He was the dog. young stud, yeah. And so adamantly against Christ. To the point where he's persecuting Christians and trying to snuff out this movement right. of Christ followers. And yet when he encounters Christ on the road to Damascus, he it's like 180. It's immediate. He's yep. he's struck you know, he's he's made blind for a short period of time, and then he after a few days he is then given sight and he's all in. Yep. He's all in. It says that he immediately starts proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. He goes up to Jerusalem to kind of just gain favor. They're all freaked out. They're like, uh, this guy that's this been is a killing trick. Christians, yeah. this isn't good. Totally. He he goes away for three years, comes back, and boom. We have the bulk of the New Testament is written because Paul yep. is writing it. Yep. And it's like he never turns back. He never turns he – ne- he's just all go. Yep. But then you have someone like Peter who – is is invited in early on in the ministry of Jesus to follow one of the first disciples mm-hmm. called and one of the inner three one of the inner three gets kind of front row seating to some of the incredible miracles and demonstrations of Christ's authority mm-hmm. is the one who ultimately God uh, inspires to understand that he is the Christ that Jesus is the Messiah so mm-hmm. he confesses the first one to confess that right. to kind of make that proclamation he gets to kind of be that guy, but then we see throughout Peter's life, there's these seasons where he gets it and seasons where he just doesn't get it. Right. And it's like his understanding of who Christ is, is gradual. Right. And develops over time. And there's times where he almost forgets everything he knows mm-hmm. and everything he's seen and everything that he's experienced. And then he's restored. Right. And then he, and so I like, I can appreciate both for sure. I find that I, there are times in my life where there were kind of mile markers where I was more like Paul, mm-hmm. but I can also recognize seasons I'm more like Peter. Right. 
I don't know if you can. I totally agree. I I think Peter's example, at least in this in this example, is more in line with the average, you know, believer faith walker of kind of experience, right? Yeah. It's like I like get up here, you know, s- steep learning curve, but like really, really growing, really learning. You can sort of see it all happening and feel it even. And then there's these seasons where we don't feel it. We don't feel the closeness. We don't feel that excitement of, of learning of the newness and the, whatever it is that, that we're kind of climbing on flattens out to us in our yeah. perspective. Right. Um, and so it's like, well, what's going on, but God's not any less God and he's continuing the work. Right. And mm-hmm. so we see it like, like a, you know, graph where we're going up and down, you know? Yeah. But if he's the one who's initiating and carrying it to completion, it's, it's, it may be the, the teeniest bit of gradual up, but it's always going to be always up, moving up. Right. Yeah. I think that's encouraging. And so there's for, for us going to be these big, like fall on our face moments, but, but in the grand scheme of things, right. God isn't like, Oh no, you made the wrong decision. It's all for not now. Right. It's over. Like, no, like that's not, yeah. The reality. And I think um, people can relate, and there's probably, there's, I would imagine doubt for Peter that he, because he's so passionate, so emphatic, yeah. that that moment when he has denied the Lord for the third time, and he's recognized it, and yeah. the rooster crows, yep. and he's like, oh, he was right. Mm-hmm. That's when the enemy comes in with shame, yep, and guilt and condemnation mm-hmm. and all kinds of doubt. And that's why in the Gospel of John, you see this beautiful restoration that happens right. for Peter, yep, where ultimately he'll be restored, right, and Christ will confirm him three times, three confessions, yeah. And I think there's something to to appreciate about what the Lord is demonstrating through Peter, that it's not wrong to be passionate. Mm -hmm. It's not wrong to be emphatic. And when you fail to obey the Lord, I mean, we were talking at the front end how the the joy that comes with obedience, but the sorrow that comes with disobedience Mm -hmm. is also real. And And consequences too. Yeah, and the consequences of sin. But to be very careful that when that doubt or shame comes in, those are not of the Lord. That's for sure. The enemy likes to to condemn, the spirit convicts. Mm-hmm. Right. And so to understand that nuanced difference that when you, as a believer in Christ, a follower of Christ with the spirit of God in you, uh, sin, that there you are going to feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit that says, that's not right. That's yep. not that's not who you are. That's not what God wants. Uh, and he doesn't want that for you. The idea of repentance, acknowledge it, mm-hmm. and then stop dwelling on it and turn to, turn away. to the Lord. Yep. The enemy wants you to dwell on it because mm-hmm. then he can start to have you replay that. Yep. And that, that theater of shame and remorse and ah, God can't love me if I keep doing this right. or – I'm a I'm a complete dirt bag and how could the Lord love me or maybe this means I'm not a believer and so the doubt comes in and we can only imagine Peter's human and he's he's up and down he's he's hot or cold yep and so that season of shame or remorse or just having let down and actually failed in the way that he emphatically said there's no way I'll die first right well he didn't right and he was alive to experience that, yep. but that the Lord was using that and working in that. So yep. I don't know if there's any takeaway for you or significance, because again, we we wrestle with what it says. We try to understand what does this mean now, right? specifically for Peter and the others, but then why is that significant for us today? How how do you live in light of this passage? Right. I, I think it's really good for us to see this, that even those who we would consider to be those spiritual giants, and they're all throughout scripture, right? Yeah. These people that we put up on pedestals and we, you know, raise to the level of saint and, you know, some sects of religion and whatever, but like those guys, 
those ones that were like the stars they they're they're the starting team like they were the the ones that we actually know of and read about all of them throughout scripture and and here in, in our passage with Peter fail mm-hmm. and fall yeah and have opportunity to be restored and continue on right like it's never the ultimate thing yep it's ever. never the final it's never yeah you know Except for someone like Judas, who completely went the other way, right? Yep. I so in our in our passage that yeah. anytime I read about Peter again too, because yeah, I I can relate with him, um, with my own personality. But it's it's in, it's encouraging when we see these. It's uh, it sounds kind of weird to say, but you see someone mess up in Scripture and then later be restored and still used in powerful ways for the the kingdom that you're yeah. talking about earlier and that structured in in mark but he's it's it's never over right right like as long as you go again it's never over he's a god of second third fourth yep. fifth his mercies are new every morning right? when we learn when jesus instructs his disciples and they're like hey how many times do i have to forgive my brother yeah seven times seven seven, seven times like and, big that's that's that's, that's a lot. big. That's, that's seven big. times. Seven that's... times. He's like, no, seventy times seven times, which is an indication of there's it's unending. Yeah, right. there's no end to how often or how many times you will forgive your brother. Right, which is an indication that that's that's the culture of Christ. Right, that's the kingdom, and that's of how heaven. he is. Yeah. Right, the kingdom of God is one of redemption. Yep, of forgiveness. Yep, of umpteen chances. Right, umpteen. And I love it. And so I think that's a powerful word for today that as you and I live out this life, we not only live in light of this truth that we have been forgiven and continue to experience his mercy and his grace every day. Right. But as as husbands, we extend that to right. our wives and try to create an environment in our homes of grace and forgiveness and right. for our kids. And I think that's the the, the biggest challenge for me is getting frustrated with my kiddos when they, you know, are absent-minded or whatever, and just am I creating a culture of grace and forgiveness and umpteen chances of forgiveness? Yeah, I'm going to try to use that today. Or do I (laughs) kind of just say, you know, you always leave your clothes on the the bathroom floor. Emphatic statements. Yeah, and just now (laughs) characterize them as that's who you are. That's how you do things. That's right. And I'm disappointed in that. Rather than just going, all right, hey, can you try again? Let's work on this. Yeah. Yeah. And and the 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 scary turn that this can take is when we look at that and we go, we find the angle. We go, hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can mess up that bad and still be like good. So then your heart goes to this whole other place. Like sweet. Wow. Okay. Well, I can do whatever I want. Yep. Right? Yep. And mm. that's not the message. And Paul makes that really clear. Back to Paul. Should I should I keep sinning so that grace can abound even more? Right. Like, absolutely not. That right. is not how it works. But no. that's how our little brains work in our right. hearts. Exactly. Are, you know, so like, sweet. we can't go that direction. Um, but yeah, and that's what we tend to do. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so there's there are warnings in Scripture that that to presume upon the Lord's kindness uh, has a cost. Yep. Now you're walking a, a yep. dangerous, dangerous road. Yeah. There. Yeah. Well, Pete, thanks so much for being here today. Yeah. This, this was, was a great time in the word. Really, really great. Uh, very rich. And I thank you for taking the time and look forward to having you on again. Thanks. I'm me too. excited to, yeah. to have that beautiful blonde mustache. It may be gone next time you're here. Yeah, Cause I know wife, it's like my a, wife's birthday is coming yeah. up, right? It's in March. <laughs> this is mustache March, yeah. right? So I've a compromise is to, to shave it middle of March around her birthday so she doesn't have to tolerate it anymore. So (laughs) That's awesome. Well, if you've been tuning in and if anything that we've talked about has provoked questions for you, I would encourage you, you can wrestle with it in the comments, uh, whether you're on YouTube or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're engaging in this podcast, uh, you can engage in the comment section and that's a great place for for folks, the community of the Take and Read podcast to uh, kind of wrestle with these things or uh, explore these things. But if you have questions specifically for Pete or for myself, something we said, you can email me at takeandreadpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to receive your your questions. I still have a, a 
an index or a list of questions that I'm trying to get back to and respond to because this community is growing. Uh, praise the Lord. So I, I am going to try to to respond to all the questions. So please keep sending those questions in. I like to get back to them. Uh, thank you so much for for tuning in. What you have observed are we are two people, two men that believe wholeheartedly that Jesus is in fact the Lord, that we have encountered Him and been transformed by Him, and so we're trying to by His Spirit, empowered by Him to live like him to follow him and so we do that by reading his word and trying to live in light of that uh maybe you're somebody who is not uh, trusted in christ and and exercise that faith in him and gone through repentance of sin and turning to him i would encourage you if you are in a place where you're trying to figure that out keep keep engaging that keep leaning into that Keep asking him the tough questions, and he is somebody who can handle the tough questions and will show up in in powerful ways and demonstrate his love for you and his power on your behalf. So please take and read the Word of God and and lean into it uh, and question it because it, it warrants inspection. Yeah. And would also uh, thank everyone who supports the podcast, uh, again, subscribing, liking, doing all the stuff you should do uh, that helps other people find us. And I want, I want to get as many people in this world reading the Word of God as possible. That's the whole goal of this podcast, as many people as I can to read God's Word. I'm not in this to make my name known. I want to make His name known. And so that's why we do this. And another way that you can help do that is you can support the podcast by um, there's a link in the subscription be- or in the description below where you can uh, buy me a cup of coffee, which is a way to support uh, the production and the future of this podcast. You can even become a member of this community, and there's different membership levels, and they they come with different perks. Uh, I have at the the recording of this podcast, I have one member right now. All right, Sc- shout out. Is uh, it your mom or no? No, it's uh, no, not. <laughs> I don't even think my mom, my mom, I don't know if she subscribes to this or not, but I think she does. Goals. Yeah, Yeah, goals. (laughs) But I want to shout out to my first member, Scott Jarvis, shout out to you. Uh, But you can go to that link, you can join membership and there'll be exclusive things and more apparel to come. So if you want to check that out, that'd be great. Love the support. But Pete, thanks again for joining us. Yeah. And to everyone out there, go take and read the word of God. Blessings. Blessings.